My name is Yvonne and I am a member of CLC. I'm also on the board and the search committee and I have the great honor to introduce Pastor David who's going to be giving our sermon in a bit. Um, a couple of things I wanted you to know. Uh, pastor David is our lead pastor candidate and he is a Bay Area native. He's married to um, Leah and he has two daughters, Elise who is 12 years old and Miriam who's five years old. So his house is bustling with tweendom and uh, a kindergartner. Uh, his hobbies include flipping cars and playing basketball. And we had a nice chat about uh, car life and it was great to hear um, and talk to a fellow car enthusiast. His favorite food is avocado. He's had avocado every day for the past 20 years, except when he's on vacation and retreats. But fear not, when he can, he does bring avocados with him when he goes on trips and retreats too. So he doesn't miss out that much. But um, before we jump over to Pastor David, we're gonna skip over to the candle lighting and scripture readings. Good morning, CLC. Today is the second Sunday of Advent where we continue to prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus Christ. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew, knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Hi, CLC. Hi, CLC. Bye-bye. Thank you for uh, having me uh, again, and um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to to uh, to spend this time with you this morning. Um, and I've just been grateful for getting to know all of you and and all the great things that God has been doing at TLC, but also in in your life. And so uh, it's it's a great honor. So thank you. Well, this morning we're going to talk about interruptions. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I struggle when uh, my day-to-day life gets interrupted. Uh, I'm okay with plans being interrupted because, you know, I'm, you know, plans, like, as long as we, you know, like, I like having a structure of how we're going to get to certain places. And for the most part, I'm okay. Maybe part of it's just my life stage of having young kids, but um you know, it's okay if some plans uh, get interrupted as long as we keep moving forward. But my day to day, my my schedule, you know, it's like I I struggle when my day to day gets uh, gets interrupted. And so, 
I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I come up with very um, uh, silly uh, and suspicious solutions when some of my day-to-day stuff gets uh, interrupted. So for an example, uh, a while back, I, I, uh, I tore my ACL and my meniscus. And, um, and I actually had tore my meniscus when I was 18. And because my parents are refugees, for some reason, they weren't very trusting of doctors. So instead of opting to get treated by a Western doctor, uh, they took me to a, a Chinese doctor that had his practice in the back of some dim sum bakery um, and had, you know, just, just a kind of suspicious looking uh, office. But anyways, so uh, obviously his treatment didn't work. But for some reason, um, I opted. And then, you know, there were opportunities to, to, get my, to get surgery. But I always opted out because I just couldn't bear the thought that having surgery and being out and, and just my day to day would be disrupted. And so for some reason, I was able to, whenever my meniscus uh, came out, I was able to just wiggle my knee <laughs> back into place. And, uh, and so, you know, so a few years ago, uh, I know it's kind of, it is ghetto. It is, it's, uh, don't worry, like it doesn't really work. So just in case some of you are like, oh, I, I, I just broke my arm. I just need to wiggle into place because that's what the pastor said. It's not a good idea. Um, and so when, when, we got, when I was married and after a few years of being married, I was playing basketball and then my knee popped out again and I couldn't wiggle into place. So come home, my knee locked. And, uh, and my PT friend, you know, told me to ask my wife to, to help, um, basically, uh, uh, dislocate my knee, uh, or distract my knee. So then the, the, the meniscus would fall back into place. Now, if you're married, you know exactly how this conversation is going to go, right? So I come home and I'm like, Hey, my knee popped out again. And then my wife just gives me that, you know, that nice, like, I'm too polite to tell you, I told you so smile, you know, that. You know, like I, I'm, I'm too nice. I, I don't, I don't want to make you feel worse. And so she gave me that smile, but that smile quickly faded when I said, um, "So my knee, you know, popped out. But um, can you just help pull my leg out so that the, the, the meniscus falls back in?" And she's like, "What? I don't want to pull your leg out. What if I pull your whole leg out?" I'm like, "You're not gonna pull my whole leg out." And she's like, "You always do this to me. You always get into stuff, and then I always tell you that you shouldn't have." And we're like going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, "Why you gotta make it so complicated? All you need to do is just pull my leg out." And meanwhile, my PT friend is on the speaker hearing all of this. He's, a, he's providing physical therapy uh, and also marriage therapy. He's like telling my wife, it's okay, Leah. It's totally understandable. David, it's okay. She, it's a little overwhelming for her. And so anyways, we were able to figure it out and I was able to pop it back into place. And meanwhile, you know, I thought, oh, I could just wiggle it out uh, back into place. But so eventually I did get it treated. I did have surgery. And, uh, and it was hard, you know, cause I just didn't want my day to day, uh, life to be interrupted. I had a schedule. I'm a routine guy. Um, I was, I was thinking, you know what? I live like at that point, I think I was like, what, 38 or 39. I was like, you know, I live a good 39 years with two good legs. You know, it'll be okay if I live the rest of my life with just one good leg. So it's okay. But you know, anyway, so we ended up getting a surgery and treated and I'm actually back to normal. Um, and so I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I struggle with interruptions and, uh, and this year has been the year of interruptions, right? So let's do this. It would be great to, um, see in the chat. What, 
what things have been interrupted this past year for you? You know, maybe your, your career has been interrupted. Um, what has been interrupted this past year in your life? You know, maybe it's health, uh, maybe vacation plans, right? Maybe getting married, uh, maybe dating. You know, what kind of things have been interrupted in your life this, uh, this past year? So type in there just so we can see. And um, I wish I knew how to look on Facebook at the same time. So I'll give you just a few seconds to do that. And then um, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. I'm going to pretend I'm looking at the chats right now. <laughs> but anyways, so this morning, and this is the second week of Advent, we're going to look at the story of Joseph. And the reason why we're going to look at this story of Joseph is his life was interrupted, right? Isn't it amazing? His life was interrupted. And, uh, and we're going to see that, you know, at times you may face interruptions, you you know, with some of these interruptions, it may bring anxiety. It may bring uh, incredible fear that you're not going to get what you worked so hard to get. Um, maybe it's just going to knock you off, knock you out because you're just, just you know, kind of um, get you a little um, uh, disoriented because you're you're on a different different path, and so it can be scary. And so we're going to look at the story. And, 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 and one of the things that we're going to see in the story is that God interrupts our plans because he has a greater plan than we can ever uh, dream of. And he invites us to be part of his plan. And, uh, and so, so the next time, and if maybe you're in a place right now, you're just struggling because you're just like, gosh, I was supposed to be here or, you know, I was supposed to be in this role at work but now because of interruptions i'm not there or we were supposed to move but someone changed your mind and it just disrupted everything or all these things were i was supposed to this with this and that was going to happen but instead things aren't happening and so um we're going to look at this passage um and then look at some takeaways to help us be encouraged to help see that there is a greater purpose and greater meaning with some of these these interruptions. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew. And uh, thank you to um, um, Grace and, and Jeff's uh, family for, for reading. Um, Grace, who I've known since, I don't know, how old were you? Since I've uh, known her family for a long time. And her parents were uh, longtime supporters of me back in my nonprofit days. And uh, was just appreciative of, uh, of their family. And so let's take a look at Matthew chapter one and and again we'll we'll read through this just so we can get kind of the, the full context of what is happening and then we're going to look at two two takeaways and then uh and then um and see what god has to say to us this morning uh before i read let's pray heavenly father we we thank you for uh, this opportunity lord to to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, that your, your word is alive. We thank you, Lord, that your word is for us, is for our hearts. 
So I just lift up any of us who, Lord, you know, maybe we've been sort of discouraged. Or maybe some of us have been sort of um, uh, unsure and confused on what to do because, Lord, we are finding ourselves in places that we never thought we'd be. We are finding ourselves not getting what we deserve. We find ourselves having to constantly uh, make changes to our plans. So I pray and ask God that this morning as we read your word, that your word would speak to our situation and that God, we would see that God, you have a plan. And maybe what you are doing is interrupting our plans so we could be part of your greater plan. And I pray that uh, any fears and anxieties that we may have will not only be addressed in our, our, uh, our message this morning, but Lord, your presence would speak to it and presence would remind us, Lord, that your plans are good. So we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look at the verse, uh, let's start with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been uh, betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just pause here just for a second. You know, here we see that Mary and Joseph were uh, in this engagement. Now, just to give you some context with this engagement, what's happening is when in the Jewish custom, you know, two families would reach some agreement, you know, like they would talk, say, hey, your son, you know, his Hebrew is pretty good. He's got a pretty good GPA. He's got a 4.8 GPA. That's pretty good. Not 5.0, but 4.8. That's, that's not bad. Uh, you know, he's played piano, plays pretty good piano. Um, and, you know, it looks like he's going to be a doctor. Um, so, you know, let's, let's make this happen. Your son and, and my daughter. And uh, they probably got the daughter like, you know what, you know, she speaks good Hebrew too. Um, she, you know, she's submissive, she's respectful, you know, she's respectful, um, and she's pretty tall, so that's a good trajectory for our family, and so let's make this exchange happen, so here's some cows, you know, and here's, here's some, um, you know, uh, sheep, and, uh, let's, let's make it happen, so they were in this process, so, and what's interesting in this tradition is that, uh, even though they were just engaged, the, basically on paper, they were married. So uh, if the engagement were to be broken off, it, it basically was the same as divorce. All right. So here is a situation where they're in this, uh, this, this plan, right, that maybe their parents, you know, um, uh, initiated for them to be part of. And so they are part of this plan. And so... Um, now it says, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And what the writer wants us to see is that this is a miracle, right? This is something, there's something supernatural happening. Now, if you think about it, even today, you know, it's like, you know, God forbid, if one of your, someone's daughter, you know, same right bowl age of, 12 or 13 or 14 is pregnant, you know, and it's a supernatural thing that would be mind boggling even today. And is even, uh, even more, you know, in a lot of ways it's mind boggling back then. Right. And so somehow, some way the Holy spirit, you know, 
uh, had Jesus in Mary. And then verse 19, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man, you know, he's righteous, right? Uh, he follows the law. He follows the, the, the you know, the law and, and he does what is right. Um, knows God and is faithful to God and is obedient, as we see in his character. And unwilling to put her to shame. I love that because here he is, a righteous guy, but he's not a self-righteous guy, right? He could have humiliated her. He could have stoned her to death. He could have been like, been self-righteous, like, Look at what you did, you know, like I did everything right. And, and look at you. You're only in this situation because you weren't faithful. He, he, did, he doesn't do any of those things. Instead, he, you know, continues to be righteous by following the law. And the law says if, if you're uh, betrothed to someone and it looks like they've been unfaithful. Now, one thing that's kind of interesting, if, if part of that process of a year long of engagement, even though they're married, was actually to kind of be a safeguard just in case your future wife is kind of interesting that some researchers would point to the fact that it was to test to see if the wife has been faithful, to test and see if the wife is carrying anyone else's children. So during that year-long process, they would kind of, you know, I don't know if they would really measure the stomach, but they would just kind of keep a lookout on the stomach to see if it's growing. Because if it wasn't, if it's growing, they're like, oh, She's been with someone else, right? But, uh, so I don't know. I mean, that, that's a lot of pressure. What if, like, you know, you're eating and you feel a little bloated, you know, and then, you know, anyways. So, um, so you know, he sees that this is a strange situation, and she's, you know, telling me that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the Messiah, like, telling me that there's something else going on, and, and it's just supernatural. It's not because she had an affair. Like, she says, you know, he's probably thinking, she doesn't seem like a person that would lie. She doesn't seem like a person that would just make this up. But I, I, the law says, right, if whatever reason. So, you know what? I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's already probably painful for her to go through this, even if she was unfaithful. I, you know, she's probably full of shame. So let me just quietly divorce her. And that's what he was going to do. That's what his plans were. So, you know, he's like, he had a plan. You know, he's part of his plan to, to marry her, to start this life, to, you know, continue the carpentry uh, thing in his family. And then he dresses his plan. It's a good plan. So in verse 20, it says, but as he considered these things, can you imagine just sitting there? You know, and I'm wondering sometimes, you know, you can relate to this. You're like, I was supposed to uh, get that position. He said he was going to give me that position or or, or she said she was going to move and I, or, or, you know, or we were supposed to move and this has happened, you know, it's like, we're supposed to move. And now my husband's got cold feet and doesn't want to move. And we've already put a deposit. We've already have everything packed. And now he just wants to stay, you know, sometimes you just, you're just in that same place in the same place Joseph is right here. He's just like, what's going on? This was not part of the plan. You know, God, why are you allowing this to happen? And, and see what happens next. Uh, behold, you know, it's like, surprise, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Now, you have to understand, when he goes, son of David, you know, it's like someone coming up to me, says, son of 
Quoc Tran, right? And I'm like, uh, my dad's name is actually Tan Huynh, not not Quoc Tran. And then you know the angel's like, no, 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 Quoc Tran is you know your great 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 grandfather. And then I was like, oh, I thought he was Chinese. So anyway, so you know it's kind of like that. So the angel is pointing out uh, Joseph's family line. In some ways, as we saw, if you look at the the passage right before this, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. There is a prophecy that the Messiah will come out of David's family line, right? It will come out of David's uh, lineage. And so in some ways, when the angel approaches him, not only does an angel show up, right? Can you imagine what would you say or do if an angel showed up? Like, oh my gosh, right? Um, You know, he shows up and he calls him by name, but it also points out who his family line is. You know, who, 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 yeah, what his family line is. And so in some ways, maybe the angel is also saying to him, hey, it is time to live up to your name. That prophecy is going to happen, right? So the angel says, just as son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. You know, maybe it shows that in Joseph's heart, there's a lot of fears. Like, maybe she's right. You know, maybe this is something crazy going on. But he was reacting to his fears. And he was full of fear, right? Um, and for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And he's like, oh, that's what she kept telling me. She will bear a son. And I love this. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You know, can you imagine? He's like, I was going to be a carpenter. And now we're, you know, now it's not just me building up this business. Now I'm going to have a son. And the son is Jesus himself. You know, it's like, how, what? You know, and not only is he going to be Jesus, but he's going to be the answer to our human condition our human sinfulness, our human separation from God. Um, For he saved his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, in Isaiah, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so, uh, you know, so he's basically saying, just pointing out everything that's supposed to happen is happening. And I love the next part, verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. Now, don't you love that? I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, I'd be like, okay, um, give me three more visits. You know, just three more visits, right? Or okay, can you give me an ultrasound, <laughs> you know, that, you know, like, or, you know, I, I would, you know, it's like, I would want, can you, can you, can you give me uh, a budget, you know, so I can really see that this will happen, right, but no, he, that's all it took, is for an angel, for God to speak to an angel, to point out who he is, what the legacy of his family name is, and the promise that God has, the promise that God will fulfill through his uh, um, his obedience, right? And so God, we see the interrupting Joseph's plans because he's got a greater plan. 
And so, um, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. There's a lot of speculation, like why, um, you know, why, why, uh, why, you know, he, he didn't know her, um, you know, why didn't he get intimate with her? Well, maybe one aspect of that is he wanted to prove to people, like, this is not my son. You know, this is a supernatural birth. This is the prophetic thing that was being talked about. And so uh, it's great. It's a great response, you know, to an interruption that happened in, in Joseph's life. So a couple of takeaways. One, God has a greater plan. God interrupts your plans because he's got a greater plan than you can ever dream of. Right? I mean, think about it this way. Why is God's plans better than yours? Right? Think about it this way. Let's compare and contrast. Our plans versus God's plans. Right? Why is God's plans better? Well, one, if you think about our plans, don't, doesn't it take a lot of variables to fall into place for our plans to work out? You know, if you want to get to a top school, there's a lot of variables that you have to manage. Grades, um, SAT, well, I, 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 I'm kind of confused on what's going on with SATs now, but because it's, it's a lot of schools aren't looking at it anymore, right? But, you know, um, then you got to, you know, beef up your, your transcripts with, and your essay with your life, right? So you got to be involved in different projects. Um, you know, if you want to get married, the unknown variable is finding someone who wants to marry you, right? You know, so for your plans to work out, it's really stressful. It's really challenging. And for a lot of us, we already know that. And so there's a lot of unknown variables, and, you just, and it takes all these unknown variables to somehow fall into place so that your plans can work out. But you look at God's plans, right? He, he controls the variables. The variables, all the variables in life bow down and worship to God. He controls all things. You know, and in some ways, when you look at the genealogy, this shows you how God fulfills his plans and shows us why his plans are so good. His plans are sovereign because he's a sovereign God. Look at from the, all the names, right, that he goes down and he's like, see, I told you I was going to bring the Savior, the Messiah out of David's line and I'm fulfilling my plan. There are people there are, uh, there are people who could be considered unknown variables that can get in the way of my plans, but my plan is so sovereign. My plan is so solid that nothing can disrupt, nothing can interrupt my plans. And so um, now here's what's interesting. If you, if you ever thought about this, some of you may have this deeper discussion because some of you should be like, wait a minute, this is... Joseph is part of uh, David's line, but Jesus isn't his, you know, birth son. So, is, so here's, and there's a lot of speculation on this. This is what I follow that really uh, gives life to this. Jesus, you know, uh, in, in Mary, you know, comes out and God wants Joseph to adopt him as his son. And through that adoption, through that adoption, Jesus is now part of 
Joseph's family line. And in some ways, I think that happens because Jesus, who want, who, who demonstrates he is fully man, also helps us to see and experience what it means to be fully adopted into God's family, to be adopted sons and daughters of God the Father, right? And so, you know, his God, there's no unknown variables with God. God's plans are fulfilled. Death can't even take away God from his plans. And so his ultimate plan, right, is to to restore the separation that man has with God. Um, The second thing, the second reason why we see God's plans are so good is, you know, think about it, the support it takes for your plans to work out. You need a lot of important people. You need a lot of right people to be uh, supportive and to help your plans um, get to, you know, where they are. And even then people are the unknown variable, right? You know? But with God, who's involved in his plans? Not only is he involved with us, but his son, Jesus, uh, submits and is obedient to God's plans to the point where he is willing to be fully human. Now, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? He's got everything, right? You know, in Philippians 2, where, you know, Paul talks about how Jesus emptied himself of, of all the, the things that he had as God so he could be fully human. And so imagine, like, just like, okay, now I'm a baby. Oh, man, like, I don't know how to talk. Oh, man, my prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed yet. Oh, no, I don't know how to process everything, right? He does that for us. Now, can you imagine being fully God and then having to rely on this human being to take care of you, right? And he, he, um, he, he, he obeys in such a way that he's willing, even though he's perfect, he's sinless, he takes on the uh, sins that we have and takes on the punishment that we deserve. He takes that on so that he can be the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate atonement so that we can have eternal life through his death and resurrection. And so you look at, you know, God initiates the plan in, 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 in um, um, God initiates the plan. And then you remember in John four, when, uh, after Jesus talks to the woman at the well, uh, the um, disciples come to Jesus, like here, eat this food. And Jesus like, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And so he's saying, my desire, everything, my satisfaction is not found in material things, but my satisfaction is found in submitting and being obedient to the one who has the ultimate plan to save humanity. And so uh, then the Holy Spirit comes along to not only clarify, but also to magnify and bring clarity so that there would be conviction, repentance, and the constant sanctification of knowing God as our Father. That is God's good plan and and you know it's it's a great plan right um and just there's something about it you know if we have more time i'd love to talk more about it but there's something about just you know being fulfilled in god's plan there's this guy you know think of it this way you live your life if you're lucky 60 70 80 90 100 you know you, you, you the things that we want in our in our plans are good don't get me wrong they're good right but can you compare them to what God's plans are 
the plans that he has, not only for us, but for all of creation. You know, it's like, yeah, you live this life, you know, you provide for your family, which is good. Don't get me, don't, don't get me wrong. That's important. Um, you, you know, you, you get a good house, you get the career you always want. And then what? And then what? There was this guy, that young guy, he, um, he uh, was sharing with me because he was, he was, he was talking with me because he was depressed and he just didn't know what to do. And he, he was in a very, very dark place. Now you would think he's in a dark place because he wasn't able to get his, you know, reach his goals and reach his dreams. But his, which was fascinating was he was depressed because he had achieved his dreams. He had achieved his goals. And so he was sharing with me, it's like all his life, you know, it's like, it's a, like a line and every mark, you know, he's able to reach that mark. But now he's got the job he wants. He's got the, the, uh, the house that he wants. He's got the, the wife that he's always wanted. But then he's like, I feel like now there's a line of nothingness. And he struggled with that for the longest time. And then that's, you know, it was a great opportunity. Then we just talked process, you know, how, how maybe it's just not that, that that's how God has a better plan for you, you than just your own plans. And so, um, and, and there's a sense of, I think, satisfaction. And some of you who have been followers of Christ for a long time, maybe there are some of you who are in the midst of living out his plans. And at the end of the day, sure, you're not as rich as this person, or you don't have uh, all these great things that, like that person, but there's a sense of fulfillment. And so God has a good plan. His plans are, are good. Um, let me, for the sake of time, let me uh, um, share the second takeaway, and then we'll take it home with the story. So the second takeaway is God invites you to be part of his greater plan you know think about who 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 could have god use to fulfill his greater plan you know you know god could just send jesus down like you know like a marvel superhero right you know like in the movie and is it the end game is that what it's called you know like they all show up at the end it's like right and then they you know it's like epic looking and they got the whatever whatever stuff that they use to fight um spider-man with his fire webs stuff right and the hammer guy um you know he's you know it's like very epic right and you're and when when that shot comes out uh all the marvel you know people who love marvel they get really excited about that scene right and so like yeah right and and i i know i'm not i I don't i mean I, i i i i you know i like comic books and all that but i didn't i just i was like oh okay i guess i could see why it's very um powerful scene because here are these superheroes to save the day with their superpowers who are going to conquer these super villains right but think about if the movie was like and here is this guy a carpenter standing up here's a guy that goes to costco every week who's gonna fulfill and solve life's biggest problems right here's this engineer you know or here's this uh you know it's like here's a here's a mom with three kids right but that's what god is doing you know yeah and and there's something fulfilling and just knowing that god invites you I remember when, um, when I was a kid, my mom, you know, would make meals and I loved it when she would invite me to be part of what she was making. And she always knew how to involve me and always knew how to 
show me that I was part of her awesome meal. It's like, didn't that taste good? It's because you helped mix this. You helped. And, then, and there's like part of that satisfaction was obviously it turned out well, but that satisfaction was I was connecting with my mother. And I think that's the same satisfaction that happens that is a little bit more supernatural, but even in the heart, I think we were created for that connection and that connection with God to live out and be obedient to his plans. And so the question is, are you going to see whatever interruptions that you have as an interruption where God is wanting you to see that he's got a greater plan for you, that God is interrupting your plans to show you his greater plan and he's inviting you. I, um, I'll just close with this. So I, um, I, uh, I, I had an opportunity to mentor a, a disciple, a, um, this, um, this guy that was a, uh, struggling addict through city team. And, um, you know, unfortunately he, he had died. Uh, he, he died just a, a couple of years ago and I officiated his, his funeral. And it was one of the most, you know, moving experiences. And one of the things that it's like, I will always, um, you know, look back on that experience and be so grateful that God allowed me to be part of his plan in this guy's life. Um, so he, um, so he, uh, uh, so what happened is this. So um, me and my church, you know, we go and we serve at this uh, city team uh, soup kitchen. And, you know, we're like, oh, let's, let's do this. You know, let's feel good about ourselves. Let's, you know, let's help the poor, right? And so we're like, yeah, let's do this. It feels really good. And then this guy comes over. We're at a Chinese church, right? And so this guy comes over and he goes, hey, are you guys a Chinese church? Uh, we're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so there's a lot of Chinese people in your church. Goes, yeah, I'm not Chinese, but I'm Vietnamese. But yeah, 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 you know. And then, you know, some of you who, who, who grew up like me, being the only Asian person around, you might know what's coming up next, right? And I sensed it. And he's like, hey, so there's this, there's this guy who's Chinese in our group. And immediately I knew where he was going to go. Because, you know, if you grew up like me, you're the only Asian person around. What would end up happening next was, oh, you know, you're, you're Asian. There's, I know, my, my, you're Vietnamese, my gardener's Vietnamese. Do you guys know each other? Like, no. All right. You know, this woman, she, she does my nails. She's Vietnamese. You know, and like, no, I don't know her. Maybe I might know her. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but to me, that's better than like, because I grew up where, you know, just walking around and someone go, Whoa! <laughs> right. And is Bruce Lee your dad? And like, yeah, he is my dad, right? Um, anyways, so um, this guy goes, oh, he, he, you know, there's this Chinese guy, that you, you know him. And I was like, no, probably not. There's a lot of Chinese Asian people in the Bay Area. And you know what the worst part of that was? We didn't know each other. <laughs> you know, as a kid, he grew up in our church and, um, you know, stopped going to church and uh, got, got really lost in drugs and um, and, and, you know, for like over 20 years was, was a struggling addict. Um, and his family, you know, luckily his sister, uh, uh experienced God and, and continued to pursue God while his brother's parents just gave up on God and, and he, and this person too. And so anyway, so, you know, we're like, okay, since we know him, since, you know, we wanted to put together some money to, to, uh, to give and to support him because, you know, we know it's, it's not easy. And so, uh, I remember, you know, I, I collected the money and went back to the kitchen to talk to the executive director to give him the money. 
And I remember in my mind, I was thinking like, my plan was to go in there, give him the money, and he's gonna be like, thank you, wow, you are so amazing, you're so generous with your, you know, $10, no, you know, I think we gave him like $500 or something like that. And, um, you know, thank you so much, we're so grateful, wow, you don't have to do any more, you don't have to like stretch yourself anymore for the next 10 years, because this is such a great thing that you're doing, you know, my selfish mind fantasy, hit my fantasy, my mind um and i'm sure you, sometimes you you have that too right um and so anyways so instead the guy's like hey thank you and i'm like that's it uh, and then you know you do that nice nice guy thing nice person thing you kind of say it just to sound nice but you don't really mean it you know uh so i was like uh yeah let us know if there's anything else that you know i i can do or we can do to to be supportive and he's like glad you ask because what what this person needs is a mentor and i'm like oh, don't you know the social uh nuances of just being polite you know but i was like oh okay um like what does that mean you know and what does that entail now don't get me wrong like i you know at that time my life i was there was a lot of things going on um my second was just born um uh, our church was was at a place where it was very very busy because there was this, this new thing was going on, and so I was pretty swamped. Um, and uh, and I was you know and again I'm passionate about having my 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 schedule. So anyways, so I said oh, okay sure you know but I was totally you know I was reluctant. But we met every day or not every day uh, once a week, and I'll tell you like wow I it's like. I, I've experienced God in different places, but in those conversations, you know, I just experienced God even more. Uh, I saw how God reaches to the depths of human despair, where there is no answer. There's every reason to deny God. But this guy, even in our small conversations, even though sometimes I, I wasn't sure how I can handle some of his questions, and sometimes I even struggle with the darkness that he shared, you know, God spoke to him and it was just amazing to feel like, wow, I, I, there's nothing I know about this guy's background. My biggest worries in life is when Costco runs out of uh, um, the Hawaiian chips, you know, and this guy has real problems, but wow, you know, it's like he, God is using me to be part of his restoration. And so he becomes a Christian. Um, and again, like I shared, uh, he, 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 he passed away. So at his, memorial you know it's like one of those things where you're like oh, it felt really good to be part of god's plan and it was like you, you see one layer of like wow that ripple effect was good right then there was another 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 so at the at his as we're preparing his memorial service it's like i saw you seeing the ripple effect of god's plan you know there his brother shared the one had given up on god he said you know um you know it's like i i hated god you know but then through this person, I believe in God again, you know, and I'm like, really, how's that, you know, he's like, well, at his graduation, which I was there too, he was acting so goofy, and so funny with all the other um, uh, recovery addicts on stage, and, and uh, through that, you know, he, he, he just felt so free, and I remember his brother saying, you know, and that was the first time since they were like five, he saw his brother free, he saw his brother full of like innocence. And he said from that moment, he knew that God was at work in his life. 
and 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 then from that moment on he gave his life back to the lord and i remember asking like that's all it took like didn't you have a lot of questions like that's all i don't know he's like i don't know why that's all i needed and i haven't turned back since and at the memorial people different people share just just you know his life and the one thing um that really struck me um is uh they they played a montage of this time when he got baptized and they played that song it is well and um and that was such an incredible reminder of how god's plans um are constant and and when we run into interruptions when we run into things that are unexpected we can trust in god we can find hope we can find meaning and purpose because it is well and so they're playing the songs girls playing it and she's singing it and um they play this video of him getting baptized in the ocean and he's a hard up looking guy you know he's like one of those guys that looks like really angry all the time right and um so he goes in the water and i, and I, I know what happened i didn't see it but i know what happened because he told me what happened but he says right he comes out comes he comes in he's really stressed really angst goes in the water comes out of the ocean and you just see this i mean it wasn't epic or anything but you just see this it's like almost like a relief almost a sense of like this is this is the new creation that i've been waiting for this is the new life thank you god you saw this incredible grateful gratitude towards god and they're playing that song and it is well and it just reminded me and so i don't know where you are but maybe at times right now you're facing some uncertainty maybe right now you're you're facing something in your life where you're like oh my gosh this is such an interruption it's it's not going to be well but maybe what you need to remember is this story of christmas and one of the great things that we can pull out of the story of Christmas is that God's plans are so good that you can sing that song. It is well. So this next week, if you are finding yourself in a situation where you're like, why is this happening? Look at two things. Reflect on two things. Focus on two things. Is God interrupting my life to show me his greater plan? Number two, how is he inviting me to be part of that plan? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God that is all-powerful. And yet, God, you use us who are so, um, I don't know the right word is, unpowerful. (laughs) We're so broken. We're so distracted. But we thank you over and over. You invite us to be part of your plan. And we thank you, God, that we are a a fruit and a product of your greater plan on the cross. So I pray that, God, some of us are discouraged. Some of us are feeling overwhelmed because there's so much uncertainty going on. That we could sing that song, it is well, knowing that, God, you are good. That your plans are good. So we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.